Hello and welcome to the first episode of New Sports and Weather by Jam. You ho we hope we will soon be everyone's preferred source of campus news. This week is all about the start of the year. Today was the first day of classes for uh, most undergraduate students, which means that over the last week and a half, we've had a storm of new students coming to campus and exploring everything the university has to offer. Um, we asked the university's executive group for a comment about this year's intake of students and they sent us the following statement. We met our target to recruit Scottish students for both controlled places, that is medicine, dentist, dentistry, nursing, etc., and uncontrolled, that is general subjects, which is uh, 2,177 students in total, and we are also close to meeting our UK students' target. We have had an excellent year in terms of overseas recruitment, comfortably exceeding our target of around 500 students from a diverse range of geographies. Applications for semester two are similarly strong indicating that there is a real appetite amongst applicants to come to the knee to study. So that was the statement about our intake of students this year. Um, and this statement was provided to us by the university executive group. With the dark presence of the cost of living crisis constantly looming, we spoke to some students about what the new academic year will bring. And here's what they had to say. Okay, my name is Michael McCormick. Um, my course, that is psychology, BS, BSc, I believe. <laughs> and my year, third year, also. Uh, what are you most and least looking forward to this year? Most looking forward to having a fun time. Uh, what else? What am I looking forward to? Trying out some new restaurants, award-winning Indian near our house. We'll be there for sure. <laughs> and also decking out the house with some nice uh, furniture. Right, and uh, we're doing a sort of special edition about the cost of living crisis. Okay. So how's the crisis, how, how pressing is it to you? To me, <laughs> um, I don't know, I, I wouldn't say I'm that affected by it, to be honest, but um, I know people are. I'm Lewis, and I'm in third year of history. Uh, what are you most and least looking forward to this year? Um, I think I'm most looking forward to being back in classes and, you know, like having contact time, debating. That's the favorite part of my course and it was a lost a little bit when it was all online. So it'd be nice to see people again. Um, what am I least looking forward to? Uh, maybe exams. <laughs> uh, and one thing, we're, we're doing a special issue about cost of living crisis. Uh, and so I want to know how pressing this issue is to you. Yeah, I think it's quite a big issue, especially if things keep rising the way they are um, I mean energy bills are ridiculous at the moment and it just looks like it's gonna keep going up fuel everything so I think it's a big issue um, and yeah there doesn't seem to be much of a solution at the moment from the government so other than freezing the cost which I don't think fixes anything or fracking so yeah hope hopefully they fix it soon hello could you say your name course in the year please oh it's Abhishek Reddy uh, I study Masters in International Marketing. What are you most and least looking forward to this year? Probably finish my Masters. <laughs> what about least looking forward to? Mm, probably not leaving the uni. 
Uh, one thing that's in, uh, one issue that's in everyone's minds currently is the cost of living crisis. Is this going to affect you much? Is is this a pressing issue to you? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I literally experienced it, and everyone's experiencing it right now with the bills and stuff like that. And now now it's going to be winter, so. Some concern from the students we spoke to about the cost of living crisis, as we've heard. We also had a chance to speak to some of our sports club's presidents, as well uh, as the president of the sports union, about how the sports fair went. Have been this year? It has been really good. Lots of pressures, lots of new people. Pretty good, yeah. Is there more people than in previous years? Yeah, there is. Also, we are able to bring like more committee members, which is, helps a lot to help make people join our clubs. And has there been much interest in your club? Oh, by the way, what's your club? Our club is Danny University Tennis Club, the best club, by the way. Andre can confirm this. <laughs> I can. <laughs> has there been much interest? Yeah, there has been. It's good because we have had like beginners, socials, and also team people. Team uh, people. So good. A bit of everything. We welcome everyone to join us. So we're. Quite happy. So, what club are you in? Um, Dundee U University Badminton Club. And I hear you're the president of it. Yes, I am. Wow. Okay. So we got a couple of questions. So, how's the fair been this year? It's been really, really good. It's been really busy. Lots of new people coming along, uh, talking to a bunch of people, and it's been really nice. So, uh, in comparison to previous years, has it been more busy, less busy? Probably more busy. I swear there's always more people that come to university every year, but um, it's great. It means that you can just see new people and they can make more new friends, we can make more new friends. It's great. <laughs> and has there been much interest in uh, your club badminton specifically? Quite a lot. I'm very surprised because um, we've tried limiting the amount of people for our give-it-a-go sessions cause, just because it gets really busy in the hall. Um, but I think for our sign-up forms, we've got like so many people that I don't know what we're going to do with it, but we'll work it out as of later. It'll be great. My name is Sarah and I am the Sports Union President this year. Woo! We're in good company. Uh, so I just wanted to know, um, in terms of, because you've been uh, here in, in, on campus talking to freshers and so on, uh, how's it been in terms of the interest people have in the SU this year? Oh, it's been fantastic. We've had such a great show with Sports Fair, and we've got free t-shirts that are getting handed down, and yeah, everyone's just having a great day. Comparing to, to previous years, do you think this, is, this year is busier, less busy? Um, I think it is probably about the same. We've got a nice steady flow of freshers. They're all asking really good questions, though. They're all interested. Um, and generally speaking, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, don't know why it doesn't play the end of, of the clips, uh, but you said it was a good show. So it does seem that overall the sports fair was a success. Our famous Freshers Fair, where our societies get to promote what they, they do to the student body, was also a success. There was a massive queue to go inside the marquee. The marquee was full of people and it was really, really great to see and just uh, really, really exciting times to see like all these people on campus and interested in, in taking part in societies. Um, in fact, we were there chatting to many keen beans, so unfortunately we couldn't interview anyone at the Freshers' Fair. During last week, we sat down with Ash, the DUSA president, to chat about plans for the new academic year and the cost of living crisis. So you've had a chance throughout this week uh, to interact with students and so how's this experience been and what's your opinion on this year's freshers? My opinion first of all with the new freshers is everyone's more friendly and approachable 
I think just from the whole COVID experience of not being outside and like seeing people, that's like genuinely made a difference because people are more likely to come up to you and ask you what you're doing or like why the stall is there. Because we've had a Dusa exec stall like this whole week uh, in front of the Dusa building. So just having people ask and being interested has been very enjoyable because at least I get to do my whole spiel about presidency and like what the Dusa exec do and just what Dusa can provide in general because I feel like a lot of people have a specific version of the truth and I feel like I'm like making sure that everyone knows the full information of everything that we can provide and everything that is around new and old. One issue that's in everyone's minds currently is the cost of living crisis. How are Dusa and yourself going to support students during this, these difficult times? So, to give you some insider information here, I got a bill, well, okay, my house, my house, because uh, my flatmate is the bill payer, but we got a bill for, I think it was 300 and something pounds for our gas and electric the other month. So I'm dealing with it as well. And with that situation being put in place, I've gathered my exec team and the senior management team to get a game plan on the roll to make sure the university stands by everything that they say, you know, protecting the students, making sure that we all have everything we ever need. So my exec team and I, a couple of weeks ago, had a brainstorming session where we devised particular things we think we could do as DUSA. So these are just ideas. I cannot promise whether they're being implemented or not because we need to have conversations with the university before doing so. But some of the ideas that we did have was having a campus fridge because as much as there's a community fridge in Dundee that pertains to the homelessness situation happening outside of the campus. So if we have a campus fridge, this is more directed to the students. So you've all probably seen uh, the Global Room. Well, next to the Global Room is the campus shop, and it's been shut for a couple of years now. That is a space that we're able to use. So our idea is basically opening that up to be a free shop permanently on campus. So any students that have any accessories and things that they don't require anymore. So kind of like the free shop you see at Freshers every year. And we're going to make sure that that place is filled with clothes, appliances, like cutlery, everything that a student would necessarily need. But that's where the campus um, community, well, the campus fridge will be there as well to make sure that any students that are struggling will help out that way. Other than that, I'm a big person on academics. So personally, I want to upskill a lot of people to get remote jobs. So then at least you're not working on the go and you're tired and having to do your studies to make sure that everything smoothly runs if you have a remote job, that would make life 10 times easier because obviously this cost of living crisis is going to be a massive situation where students are probably going to be working like 40 hours a week just to get the money enough to pay bills and have shelter rather than concentrating on studies. And that is a big issue to me because you should be getting your degree, but you shouldn't have to struggle to do so. So there's a lot of implementation that's having been that's going to be done as well as conversations with the university in the next coming weeks to make sure that these things hit the ground running for when students are actually in trouble. A lot of things are going to be changing, a lot of things a, a lot of outlets are going to be provided to make sure that students feel like this is not a massive burden on them. But I think what is going to be a big change is how our housing um, support system is going to work. We're going to make sure that you understand your contracts again to make sure that the housing that you're going to and the agents that you're going to are actually not trying to fool you. So 
that's just the start but hopefully there'll be more ideas like if anyone else has any ideas um i'm very open in hearing everything that we could provide when we met up in march you had some very ambitious ideas and plans for your presidency um now that you've been in the position for three months mm-hmm. um what specific plans and ideas have you got uh, for the next year Okay, so all in all, I feel like the DUSA executive has to maintain visibility in order for students to feel like they can actually speak to us and bring their problems and issues to us. So that is my main perspective underlying everything that I'm doing, just to be visible and approachable to make sure that students can feel like they can chat to us, give us feedback, tell us what's wrong, what do you want us to fix, what do you think we should bring in, because this ever-changing campus, honestly, the ideas are going to be blossoming from everyone. So that is the first thing. But in terms of the big things, in our manifesto, we spoke about how our SRC deserves to be reformed and we need to be able to hold the exec to account. So we are having preparations for a town hall meeting or a scrutiny committee to make sure that everything that we're saying that our promises um, that we actually achieve them, especially with you guys keeping an eye on us and making sure that we're doing these things, because I think that's the most important part. Like, if you do not have trust in us to actually achieve the things that we want to do, what's the point of us being here? So first and foremost, reform SRC. Other ideas is just to make sure that we're a very diverse community. I feel like there's no... There's, there's not much that's been done previously to highlight those minority groups. And I want everyone that feels like they're a little bit different and feel like they're not catered for to come up and tell us so then we can actually implement things that people want because at the end of the day, student experience is the thing that I do and that's what I want for everyone. You should be getting your degree, but you shouldn't have to, to struggle to do so. A powerful quote from our president. A quick side note to explain that Ash's mention of the SRC refers to our student representative council. If you want to listen to Ash's ideas when she was elected back in March, check out our podcast, The Dig Up, available on every podcast app. Um, For a more detailed account of where she currently stands, we'll be interviewing her in just under an hour at 5pm today and we'll be heavily focusing on the cost of living crisis and what DUSA and the university are doing. This interview interview will also be made available via the Dig Up podcast. We were lucky enough to bump into Professor Blair Grubb, our Vice Principal for Education, on Friday. So... We asked, we asked him a few questions. With the pandemic reaching a stage of almost endemicity, are all academic activities returning to being in person? Um, and has the university got any measures in place in case we return to a more dangerous situation COVID-wise? Well, that's a really good question. The first thing to say is it's great to see students returning to campus. I mean, it's buzzing at the moment through Freshers Weekend, so that's really, really positive. So this year, schools have been asked to, re- to provide in-person teaching at the same level as they did before the pandemic. Um, however, teaching may change a bit because we've learned lots about how to deliver a, a, a blended uh, approach to teaching, which is a good level of in-person teaching, but nowadays supported by a much better 
uh, array of digital resources. And we've learned lots about integrating you know, digital technologies, uh, digital delivery, and those resources into our teaching. We want to continue to do that as we move forward. So things will change, but students will still have a really good level of in-person teaching. Um, to that end, to be honest, we've invested a huge amount as a, as a university in the digital infrastructure of the university. So we've now got capture and stream uh, in every single uh, timetable teaching room, which is great. So lectures can be recorded very easily. Um, and we've also introduced some hybrid teaching rooms where, you know, obviously we can teach to a class, but also teach to other students or remotely. And that enhanced digital, digital capability is really important and, and talks to the question you asked at the end there about, you know, are we resilient in terms of a future pandemic? Obviously, if heaven forfend, you know, uh, the pandemic did return and there were some further public, you know, public health restrictions and we had to have, say, social distancing back, then we, the digital uh, flexibility we've now got would allow us to go into uh, a hybrid mode more easily. I mean, I have to say, I think at this stage, that seems incredibly unlikely, and I'm very optimistic about this year, but we can't rule it out. But nevertheless, we've made the investment in the digital infrastructure to support that transition should we need to do it. Uh, so speaking about the blended learning, um, do you predict that many students will adopt that sort of uh, approach towards their, their education? And are there any sort of concerns being expressed by the staff side? about the blended learning. I think approach. when you make any changes, there are some concerns, but I think each school is deciding for its programs what the best way to approach teaching is. And it varies according to discipline and subject, obviously. And mm. some will have a more lecture-based agenda. Some will have, particularly in practical subjects, a much more practical-based approach to laboratory or studio or clinical skills. Um, and, and certainly a move to um, using more digital resources such as recorded podcasts or whatever as part of the learning experience. So it will evolve and change, but students will still have plenty of face, face contact. That's the most important thing to stress. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that was a, you know, um, you could say a fortunate a consequence of, of the pandemic was that we moved to online exams. Um, and these, according to um, a lot of people we talked to, had uh, many good effects of improving grades, improving mental health, and also making exams more real-world-like. So is the university planning to keep any aspect of online examinations? I think that's, a, again, a great question. We learned a lot about how to deliver assessments and many formal exams were changed into coursework assessments, for example, as part of the pandemic response. And it will be up to individual schools to make decisions about how they offer their examinations and their assessments going forward. But there's no doubt there'll be a, a more integrated blend, which will be some of the old and a lot of the new, those online exams that you mentioned. However, there are some restrictions. So a lot of the programmes that we run at the university, let's take, for example, medicine, nursing, dentistry, some of the engineering subjects are accredited. They're accredited by, accredited by professional bodies, professional organisations. And those accreditations are really important to the university because it, 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 it's, it's a stamp of approval, if you like. Um, many of those professional bodies require us to hold in-person exams and won't, us, won't allow us to do online exams. So it will depend in each school whether A, the accrediting body requires it, and then secondly, what the school wants to do in terms of offering a blend of different types of assessments. But students will be informed about this as we build the assessment uh, and examinations timetable uh, at the beginning of this semester. They'll be informed about that in due course. 
Okay. Uh, another issue that's in everyone's minds currently is the cost of living crisis. Um, so what measures has the university got in place to tackle this issue and ensure the well-being of our students during this crisis? This is a, a really prescient issue and something that we're thinking a lot about at the moment. Um, fuel bills are going to be exorbitant this year, not with the, notwithstanding the fact that the government has provided some support both to households uh, and also put, on, uh, put in the fuel cap. But nevertheless, everyone is going to see an increase in bills, and that's a worry particularly for students who will inevitably, because they have a lower level of earnings, be spending a greater proportion of their income on you know, doing things like paying electricity and gas bills. So we have a hardship fund. Uh, that's important for everyone to know. And we're in discussion at the moment um, in the university. We discussed actually executive group this week whether we need to enhance that fund this year and how we might go about doing that. Now, I can't say anything today about what that will look like, but it's very much at the forefront of our minds that we, will, we want to support students through this winter, realising that some will get into financial difficulty. That will be a mixture of advice and help, but it may also require the university to think about how we can invest in this. I can't say anything yet, but we'll get back to students very soon. Uh, it is likely to be work done around enhancing the hardship fund if we're able to do that. But I'll talk about that in due course and, and we'll get back to the student body. The other thing to remember is that we do offer other sources of help. So, for example, um, we do have a laptop loan fund. So for students who are struggling to afford a digital device, it is possible for them to borrow a device from the university. And we have some in the store ready to go this year. So we can make announcements uh, through the relevant uh, processes, through the relevant uh, parts of student services about how students might be able to access that. But that's really important. And we lent out huge numbers of laptops during the pandemic because obviously everybody had to go home and they're working remotely and couldn't access the, the, the library computers, for example. And that was very successful and that worked really well. And we want to keep that going and support students. Nobody should suffer from that kind of digital poverty, which uh, prevents them from engaging with their studies. So we have a scheme to support that. Obviously, there are criteria, but um, you know we will support students as far as we can. So those are the main ways that we're going to be dealing with the cost of living crisis, looking at how we can um, enhance the hardship fund and thinking, obviously, about digital support as well through uh, the laptop loan scheme. The other thing I would also say quickly is DUSA have produced a really great paper on the cost of living crisis, uh, pointing the university to several areas where they think we could support. We received that this week and it's a fantastic document. And I'm going to be working with the DUSA executive to think about how we explore some of the suggestions that have come around, uh, which include things like developing a food bank, um, uh, you know, uh, enhancing the hardship fund. They've suggested that too. And what we need to do is the university and the DUSA and, and DUSA need to work together, as we always do, to think about how we take those suggested actions forward and how we implement them as the real bite of winter sets in and the fuel bills start coming in and it becomes very expensive. And we'll give, we'll give information to students in due course about how we're going to do that. We will support students as far as we can. A promise by our very own Vice Principal of Education. Noteworthy are the similarities in the DUSA President's and the Vice Principal's answers, namely on what pertains to the need for DUSA and the University to work together to tackle the cost of living crisis. So we should expect a united front to face that challenge. 
Both Ash and Professor Grubb mentioned a cost of living recommendations document that DUSA exec have made. You can find this document on the DUSA website by clicking on advice and you'll find the cost of living crisis document there. We'll also add a link to this document in the podcast description. We move on to the weather because our sports teams haven't started competing yet. Um, as far as we know from our information um, from the sports union. Whenever they do start, we will be the only place where you can find all the results of our sports teams. So stay tuned. On with the weather. We're going to see the sun tomorrow on Thursday and during the weekend this week. On Friday, it's going to be raining, especially during the afternoon. So make sure to bring an umbrella during the entire week. Temperatures are going to be oscillating between 12 and 15 degrees Celsius. So remember to bring a coat because it's going to be um, it's going to be a bit cold. This has been news, sports, and weather, and I have been Andre Costa. For any questions or comments, email us at radio at dusamedia.com. And we'll bring you more news, sports and weather next week. Speak to you then.